you know this is the film where it originated the trope of zombies eating brains comes from? No, I didn't know that. Anyway. What's up, revelers and weirdos, and welcome to another episode of Scaring Sam. I'm Sam. And I'm James. And this episode we are discussing 1985's... Yes, we're going back to 1985 to discuss Dan O'Bannon's Return of the Living Dead. And plot? What is the plot, Sam? The plot is this. At the Unida Medical Supply Warehouse, Foreman Frank shows new employee Freddy the military drums of toxic gas stored in the basement and they accidentally unleash the substance which reanimates the dead body stored in the meat locker. Their boss, Bert, joins them and they head over to the mortuary conveniently located across the road where Bert's friend, Ernie, aids them in incinerating the hacked up zombie which leads to the gas cloud creating a toxic rainfall that brings to life all the corpses in the cemetery conveniently nearby where Freddy's punk friends are waiting for him to finish his shift. Cue a night of zombified nastiness that leads to the military nuking the entire town. And that is basically the film wrapped up in a nutshell. Simple, to the point. Sam didn't like this film. Also, headshots don't kill the zombies in this film as well. And if you cut up a zombie into little bits, every part is individually reanimated. Why am I telling you this? You've already seen the film. Yep. It's not like you weren't paying attention. So, the film originates from a novel by John Russo, also called Return of the Living Dead, although Dan O'Bannon did a heavy rewrite when he entered production on the film. He added all the comedy and all the silliness. I was going to say. Because he wanted it different to that other more popular zombie franchise. Because after Russo parted ways with George Romero after Night of the Living Dead in 1968, Russo retained the rights to any title featuring the Living Dead. While Romero was free to create his own sequels, obviously. The far more well-known Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. Mm -hmm. And the later ones we don't like to discuss because they're not really that good. Originally, this film was going to be 3D and directed by Tobe Hooper, but he left to direct Life Force, also written by Dana Bannon. So, big year for him. So, Return of the Living Dead became his directorial debut. As you can tell, I sound very enthusiastic about this one. Yeah, for some reason, Sam didn't enjoy this film. You want to get into that now? Yes, I want to get into it now. Let's discuss it now. Okay. It was just a bit too silly for me. It's definitely not one to take seriously. Good. Good. <laughs> um, some parts were very predictable. Such as? When they cremate the body, surely they understand what cremating does. Like, you have a pile of ashes, but yes, you've burnt something. What does burning do? Oh, it makes smoke. Oh, so that goes outside. Into the atmosphere. Yeah. Oh, wait. We're on a cemetery. Oh, no. <sighs> really? You've you got to get the zombie somehow. You can't just rely on one crazy zombie running about. In this universe, Night of the Living Dead did actually happen, and then they made a film about it. Mm-hmm. Hence why Return of the Living Dead. But 
the military lost these canisters which contained the toxic gas which also seemed to house the remains of the original zombies. I definitely wanted to have a nap during this film. What? You don't like random punks hanging out in a cemetery, getting naked? Was that even needed? What did it add to it? Apparently this is a mordant punk comedy. That's what it's described as. So for some reason you have to have a punk girl, trash, played by Lena Quigley, starts to fantasise about being killed by older men, which turns her on. So she has to take off all her clothes and dance on a stone sarcophagus for all the rest of the gang to dance around and go, yeah! Because that's really needed. Yeah, and another film from 1985 where everyone is ridiculously sweaty. (laughs) Maybe they spent all their money and, like, could not get any fans. What, no aircon? Yeah, so everyone was just really sweaty. Hello, cat. Look at you and your belly. Or, we worry about climate change now, but what the hell was going on in 1985? Questions questions. But speaking of that character of trash, Lena Quidley is considered the queen of the bees as she has starred in a number of trashy 80 horror films such as Night of the Demons, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, (laughs) Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Although she is one of the most popular of all the scream queens. But she does get naked quite a bit. She doesn't seem to mind... I guess she doesn't seem to mind of being exploited, I don't know. It's almost like they've got these boxes to tick and one of these boxes is Naked Woman. I just don't understand what it adds to it. Some films, it makes sense. Like, (laughs) oh yes, I've gone swimming and don't have my swimsuit. Well, yeah, I get naked. Hello. Sam is referring to the cat, by the way. I have never seen another zombie film where you've got the reanimated naked trash sachet out of a bunch of dry ice and then munch on some homeless guy. Lena Quigley, now the part where she gets turned into a zombie where they basically all jump on top of her. Mm. She was really freaked out at that point because the extras can get a, a bit animated. Should I say? They get a little bit too into playing the zombie, so right. her naked, covered in mud, and a whole horde of extra jumping on top of her, she's kind of freaking out. Yeah, well, I could imagine. I enjoyed this film because up until this point, I have had massive zombie fatigue thanks to The Walking Dead. You have 11 years of that show now, countless spin offs. And it's just miserable. And come on, people, crack a joke or something. It's just, oh, let's take a zombie apocalypse, realistic. Oh, okay. Well, we're all miserable. We all need a shower. Really missing a hot bath. All our friends keep getting picked off. We have to go from one location to the next to the next. The moral of the story is, oh, people are bastards and they're even worse than zombies. See, Sam's a green, she's yawning. <laughs> so we get the message. And to be honest, because we was going to do an episode on 28 Days Later, but Walking Dead has ruined that film because Robert Kirkman, the creator of The Walking Dead, has basically ripped off that film. 
Rick Grimes wakes up in a hospital. He's the only survivor. He's been barricaded in his ward. Oh, how does 28 Days Later start after the monkeys have unleashed a rage virus? <laughs> oh, Cillian Murphy wakes up in a hospital ward. No idea what's happened and we have to piece together weapons in the apocalypse through his eyes. Yeah. Although, speaking of that seminal zombie film, not that seminal because this film is the first time I've seen Running Zombies. It wasn't 2002 we was first introduced to Running Zombies. It was 1985. Mm -hmm. And amongst that, we've got zombies who have intelligence. They can speak. It's just so weird. Well, then going on the radio and pretending to be police officers. Send more cops. The reason they eat brains is because it takes the pain away of being dead. Sure. And we can't say the cliche is that cops arrive too late because the running joke is a couple of cops arrive, get eaten by zombies. More cops arrive, get eaten by zombies. Paramedics arrive, get eaten by zombies. More cops arrive, get eaten by zombies. Anyone who arrives gets eaten by the zombies. Headshots don't work on them. Nothing works on them. I think only fire incineration works on them. So you're if not... it's not raining. If it's not raining. Yeah, I did. I did have a um, a moment where I drew out the circle of life on this film. Dead, infected, gets burnt. Smoke goes everywhere, and then it rains. That pulls down onto dead bodies in the ground. In the ground. Yeah. That infects them. They become animated. Army then blows everything up in flames and it rains everywhere in the surrounding areas. Yeah, so it does... Oh, that's a really good thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> so, are they saying they actually, the toxic chemical causes rain every time it goes into the atmosphere? No, it was just raining. But obviously this man-made toxin doesn't seem to get eradicated even by heat or nuclear heat just throws it back up in the atmosphere and it rains down on more graves mm -hmm. starting the process all over again exactly what i mean by circle of life that it's just going round and round and it's endless and you can't take their heads off because it doesn't do anything <laughs> but it doesn't just reanimate dead bodies it reanimates everything because there's that nice touch where you see the dead butterfly display coming back to life yeah oh and the half a dog because it's a medical supply store, you've obviously got this stuff lying about. Nice inventive touches, not to be taken I seriously. I give it that, yes. Just very silly. But like I said, I've had enough of grim, realistic zombie movies. I like a bit of light-heartedness now. Hmm. Let's not take it too seriously. So I'd rather watch something like this than, say, entire 11 seasons of The Walking Dead. There should be a zombie clown in it for me. Might have been, actually, to be honest. Unless it... Oh, no. Zombieland had a zombie clown. That's what I'm thinking of. So, yeah, I'd rather watch this, Shaun of the Dead, Zombieland, and then all those episodes of The Walking Dead. I mean, it's weird to say that today in society you can say you got bored of zombies. But here we are, because you can have too much of a good thing. But that is because people will just pinpoint one needle in the haystack in that genre and do it to death. Yes, because it makes money. But then, like you said, people then get bored of it. Yeah, bring back funny zombies again. 
Or move on to something else other or, than zombies. Yeah, something else. For a little while. Maybe, was, maybe we can go back to werewolf films. You don't see a lot of those these days. Funny story. Well, I think it's funny. Anyway, I don't care. Okay. I was introduced to The Return of the Living Dead amongst other very trashy 80s horror films by my friend. We used to go around to his bedsit after work, which he shared with another one of our co-workers, and I think it was a young Hungarian family who lived downstairs who used to boil cabbage all the time, so he used to smell the house relentlessly. <laughs> okay. And we used to sit in his tiny little bed sit and watch trashy horror films such as Night of the Creeps. Oh my God, it's so bad, it's good. Or maybe just... Question mark? <laughs> utter dog shit, spookies. Right. Two films combined into one. God, what else did we watch? Watch this, watch that. Which I've come to appreciate now, but at the time... No, I did not. I was quite a snob and I'd rather watch contemporary horror films with a budget. Why do you think that changed then? If you're saying you didn't enjoy it when you first watched them, but now you do. Because at the time I was a snob. I mean, I was a film snob. Well, I didn't get as bad as like, oh, let's watch some subtitled European film and all this stuff. But something with a budget, but something which was revered or something. Like, I don't know, The Exorcist or John Carpenter films. Something with a limited budget, I just thought it wasn't worth my time. But now that we've come to watch horror films on a regular basis and analyse them and dissect them on this podcast, I've come to enjoy them because they're just having fun. These are the kind of films you can enjoy with your mates. You can get the drinks in, you can sit around. Roll in your eyes. Roll in your eyes and have a good time. Or just have <laughs> it playing in the background on Halloween. It's just a bit of fun. It doesn't drain you. I was watching this and his roommate across the hallway was smoking very cheap skunk. And it was wafting underneath his door. Trust me, contact high is a real thing. Because when I was first watching this film, I was getting genuinely freaked out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I watched this again on Netflix when it was on Netflix just to prove that it wasn't the film. And no, it's not. It was the contact tie. Because there's a part in this film where there's a zombie clearly played by a little person where they just pretend the zombie has no limbs. It's just a torso. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. it sees some guy, a survivor, and... It gets up on its little stumps where the limbs were and starts chasing after it. And of course, it's supposed to be a comedy. I saw that and I freaked out What seeing this. I was like, ooh, I don't like the look at that. And when I was going home, middle of the night, I mean, it wasn't even 10 o'clock, but obviously it was winter time. It was dark. And I was walking home. It was just up the road. And every time I crossed some darkened alleyway, I was staring down it just in case some zombie would have popped out. <laughs> I was generally freaked out and clearly it was the contact high. I mean, that kind of sounds like me. If I'd seen a, a um, horror film. Yeah, a genuinely scary horror film. Like if you watched right. a ghost film which freak you out, like Paranormal yeah. Activity or something, something with genuinely scares that puts you on edge, <laughs> I can understand. Why, Not what, a comedic scare. But watching this film and me getting freaked out was absurd. <laughs> Oh dear. So yeah, that's how I was introduced to Return of the Living Dead. It's probably more enjoyable like that, though. 
well, yeah, except for the unpredictability of how you're going to react on with your brain on drugs. I mean, you can have a good time, or you can get genuinely paranoid that the zombies are going to creep out of how mm. out of alleyways and come after you. <laughs> I guess that's the gamble you have to take. Everybody loves a cliche. I wrote down a few. <laughs> there was a lot, of cliches. but yeah, I stopped writing them down. So car doesn't start. Um, phone lines down. Going down into a creepy basement. Yep. Gang split up. Yes. Betrayed by one little noise. Oh, what was that? Well, Well, there's a moment where Tina is hiding in the basement and it's revealed that there's that tar man zombie. Oh, yeah. Which looks great and it moves in this really creepy, like, (laughs) double jointed way. But it didn't look creepy to me. He's like, brains. But he's popping, locking his body's weird, doing this weird shimmer like movement. But. I mean, for you listening, I literally just did this movement. Obviously, you can't see me. (laughs) There's there's no video of this podcast. (laughs) I did the movement of the zombie. (laughs) But anyway, it's (laughs) Tina is betrayed by one little sound and she's hiding in this kind of... Oh, the cupboard. Yeah, like a metal cupboard. But it's smart enough to get a pulley system and try to open up the um, door on it. And then there's plenty of women fall over while being chased. Yep. Topless as well at some point. Definitely the invisible killer because these zombies are essentially unkillable. Mm-hmm. Can't really say the, the police arrive too late. They do arrive. They just keep on getting eaten. Yep. And technically someone does hide upstairs because they at the end they climb up oh, into, into, the, loft. Yeah, into yeah. the loft. Loads mm-hmm. of creatures. And they don't even hide it in this film. It's not. No. They're not trying to be subtle. It's just it's, there. It's just in your face. So, Return of Living Dead, did Sam like it? No, I, I wouldn't watch it again. It was silly, and yes, I get it. If you want to watch a silly horror film, sure, watch this one. <laughs> but yeah, not for me. Not for me. I mean, you had things like like them saying, I know you're up there because I can smell your brains. It does play with mythology, though, in a fun way. Like, those two characters get exposed to the toxic gas and they slowly start to die. Yeah, I mean, that was a bit... It was a bit dark. I mean, they start getting rigor mortis while being alive. Yeah. But it's interesting, and I think I watched a sequel around my friends as well, which is odd, because the guys who play Frank and Freddy play two different characters again in the sequel. I can't remember. I ain't seen the film for ages. Right. don't think I watched it all. Well, that doesn't sell it. <laughs> And the third film's interesting because it's lower in budget, it's the producer of Reanimator, and it involves a couple like Romeo and Juliet, a bunch of rebels, and she dies in a motorcycle accident. He exposes her to the toxin, and she slowly starts losing her humanity. And she has to constantly put piercings and metal studs through her body to feel the pain to maintain her humanity. Oh. So at the end, she's this zombie with all these spikes and that sticking out of her skin and out of her nails and all this stuff and it's played by the mum of um misha barton in the oc when she was young which is odd when i was watching it i was like oh okay and yeah she gets her breasts out in it as well something i was surprised maybe you're not going to be surprised about it but looking on them rotten tomatoes tomato meter is at 91 percent 
The tomato meter or the um, audience score? No, the tomato meter. And it's certified fresh. <laughs> really? Yeah. The um, audience score is 79%. What, which less? I would say is Yeah, which I would say is more kind of a realistic score. Yeah, that's, score. I, that's more realistic. <laughs> certified fresh, this one. <laughs> yeah, what films did we watch we liked which got a really bad rating? I think yeah. like, Strangers was like 66% or 62%. I, I mean, don't get it. Though. I like this film and clearly it has a cult following, even with a bunch of critics, but I, no, I wouldn't even say it was certified fresh. There's no. loads of good films which don't get certified fresh and this is. It's odd. Yeah, okay. So you had the same reaction I did then. You made a profit. Okay. I, I didn't write down the numbers. <laughs> did a bad job there, but it made a profit. So that was Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> Maybe watch it. Well, it's certified fresh, so I think that gives people incentive to watch it. Unless you don't give two rats asses about Rotten Tomatoes. I had fun with it. I would rather watch this than the entirety of The Walking Dead. Especially Fear the Walking Dead, where it's like, oh, see how it all began. Cool, yeah, I'd like to see that. End of season one. Exactly like the rest of Walking Dead, just it's set in the East Coast rather than in the West, or wherever the original series is set. Oh. Yeah, what is the point? Right. I didn't watch all of The Walking Dead, I must admit. I can't remember where I got to, I just got a little bit bored. <laughs> Apparently AK is watching all of it in its entirety from the beginning, and she's still enjoying it, apparently. Okay. Although apparently she says it gets a bit silly when some guy comes around with a giant tiger. Yeah, I don't remember that. I read the graphic novel by Robert Kirkman. And when you read the massive compendium, which leads right up to the end of the prison break, you just get really depressed because it's all in black and white. Way characters die in that is even more gruesome than the series because they can get away with it in comics. Mm. Like Rick Grimes' wife, she gives birth in the prison, then they're running away from the governor and his people, and then she gets shot in the stomach, falls down to her death, and then suffocates her newborn child. Lovely. See, when I watch something like that that makes me feel shit, I'm like, let's watch some Disney! <laughs> Which is ironic, because The Walking Dead is now on Disney. Oh. So, you have been listening to Scaring Sam. I'm James. And I'm Sam. And do you have zombie fatigue, or don't you? What are your favourite zombie films? <laughs> you said that really weird. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Scaring Sam... Pod? Yeah, thank you. You remember. <laughs> at Scaring Sam Pod. And you can contact us always at scaringsampod at gmail.com. And if you like our podcast, please rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. We always appreciate it. And it goes a long way for us. It gets more people listening to us. We get more people spreading the word. And hopefully we'll get some sponsorships and it'll be fun because we get some money. Yay! <laughs> money! <laughs> But we're still going to have fun regardless. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not for that. No, it's not for that. But Maybe we could do with a new mic. Stay, stay safe, safe out, out there, there tonight. tonight. Oh, you said that really weird. No, I said it right. <laughs> stay. stay s- no. <laughs> Stasis. <laughs> stay, stay safe, safe out, out there tonight. tonight.
<laughs> Brains.